Welcome to an episode of Now You Know, a Beacon newspaper podcast highlighting the news and newsmakers of the West Volusia community. This episode's brought to you by Happy Brain Neurofeedback at 114 West New York Avenue in downtown DeLand. Brain training with neurofeedback can help manage stress, sharpen focus, improve sleep, and much more. Neurofeedback can help improve general wellness and is used by athletes, business people, students, and anyone who wants an edge. Learn more by visiting www.happybraintoday.com or by calling 386-479-6634. Happy Brain Neurofeedback. Be the best you can be. I'm Beacon reporter Noah Hertz. I'm here today with Joe Hearn. He's an events coordinator, the president of the Boys and Girls Club of Volusia Flagler Counties, the vice president of the Volusia Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, the president of the Rotary Club of DeBerry Deltona, and if you couldn't tell from just that small chunk of his CV, a pretty dedicated public servant. Joe was recently recognized by the city of DeLand for all he does to help the community, and it seemed like the perfect opportunity to bring you in to talk about your life, your experience in the nonprofit world, and how we can all help make our communities a better place. Oh, all that said. <laughs> thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much for uh, joining me here today. Absolutely. Elated to be here. Yeah. So talk to me a little bit. Uh, you're around a lot. I think a lot of people listening to this are probably going to be at least a little familiar with you or something you're connected with. But uh, where are you originally from? Are you from here? I am a, a native Floridian. Okay. I was born and raised in Winter Park. Um, grew up there my whole life. We lived in a couple other places throughout the state uh, as a child, but 100% Central Florida born, raised um, in Winter Park. Um, moved here probably about 25 years ago to DeLand. Said to myself, what am I doing in this podunk town? You know, how did I get here? Um, fast forward 25 years later and I go um, the beauty of the community, the beauty of Volusia County. I mean, we're so fortunate to have, you know, the beaches, uh, depending on traffic, 20 to 30 minutes away. Yeah. You can be on the beautiful St. John's in 10 minutes. We've got just great springs and we have an amazing downtown right here in the county seat. Um, so there's just so many great things right here that uh, you don't even have to leave anymore. But when I first moved here, it was like, I think McDonald's closed at nine o'clock, you know, <laughs> pre Walmart, pre any kind of store, if you needed something. Yeah thing. Um, I don't even think CVS was even open or Walgreens passed a certain amount of time. Yeah. I mean, the big deal was when we got like an Applebee's in Orange City. So that's how long ago it was. Um, that was like our first chain restaurant that came to town. Um, but when I moved here, again, it was a culture shock. And um, now that I'm here and have been here, I have just established a life here. And I just love this community. And um, we're blessed. I have lots of ties from being in the event planning world and growing up in Central Florida. I'm very connected across the bridge over here in Volusia County on the east and west side. Yeah. And, and I'm grateful um, to be able to take those resources and connect people, um, especially in our communities, you know, especially where there's a need and there's help is needed. What drove you out of Winter Park, Orange County and up to Volusia County? Okay. So you've heard of the back in the day. And are you a native Floridian? I am. Or I'm DeLand? Native. Yeah. Native okay. to DeLand. My so, parents moved here when I was two. So okay. I don't even remember Boynton Beach. So, DeLand is all I <laughs> wow. So there's a chain um, mm -hmm. that you've heard of called Gators Dockside. Yeah. And probably when you were in high school and went to the big movies in mm -hmm. Victoria Square. So I helped create that concept and open uh, Gators throughout Central Florida, yeah. 
Tiger Stock side. Very cool. And so the owner, when he decided to purchase, uh, Joe Renna, his son was a race car driver and like a father to me. Um, when he purchased the one here in Deland, um, we just kind of re revamped it. You know, it wasn't the back in the day, you know, it wasn't not that there's anything wrong with it now. Yeah. Um, but back in the day, it, you know, it wasn't the Hooters shorts and tanks. It was more of, you know, khaki shorts, family style restaurant, Tuesday kids night. I mean, Friday nights, we would have a waiting list for like three hours wow. because it was just, uh, you know, that was the place to be. There was a game room. It was great food, uh, in and out, you know, and, and I met several people in the community from, from working there. So that's what drew me here is he made me the right offer to come, you know, run this establishment for him here. And then we went on to opening other businesses together and, and Sanford and a few other places. That's very cool. One thing I've wondered about is since you are so involved in, you know, event planning, but especially the, the advocacy side and the, uh, volunteering side of things. Is that something that your family was very involved with when you were growing up? You know, growing up, I had a, an interesting childhood. Um, I had a great childhood. I'm, I'm very blessed to have uh, an amazing mother. My father has passed away, but my parents split um, in maybe not the greatest way um, when I was young, probably I'm going to say nine or 10. And my mother was a single parent of five children. So I was the middle child. And a lot of my brother and sister were a little bit older than me and they were into their own things. So at home, you know, my mother always said, you know, you set the example for your brothers. You set the example for your brothers. So it was instilled at me very young. She kept us very engaged in and in, in going to church and um, staying involved and trying to keep us in a, in a good environment. But I was instilled a lot of responsibility at a young age. You know, I saw my mother, um, you know, struggling to take care of five kids with no father figure in the household. And um, I just kind of stepped it up at a young age and that responsibility kind of just stayed with me. And I think that, you know, you set the example, you set the example, just kind of instilled in me that, you know, you lead it by example, you know, what you do is a reflection of, you know, so forth. And I just remember, um, my mother, you know, we'd come home and as every mother, here's your list of chores, do your homework, make sure all this is done. And instead of seeing her argue with my brothers to get their stuff done, I'd be like, you guys just go play. I would clean the house, like have dinner made, you know, and have it all ready when she got home because mm -hmm. I didn't want her to see that stress. So I think at a young age, being exposed to maybe some of her pain yeah. made me realize that, you know, I, I don't want people to have pain in the world, you know? So I think in any facet, um, if I see there's an opportunity to make something better or or help others. Um, it just comes naturally for me. And yeah. it's not a recognition thing. It honestly, um, there is such a, a inner joy and fulfillment in helping others. And, and if I could express anything in this interview is, you know, if, if you've never volunteered, if you've never gone out, helped another person, um, try it because the gratification and doing that, um, for no reason doing it, um, is, is so much bigger than the payload, so yeah. much bigger than uh, rec having your business recognized or anything like that. It's just the personal um, satisfaction that you're able to help somebody. It could be in a small way. It can be in a big way. And mm -hmm. usually the small ways end up in very big ways because yeah. it's going to change that person. Do you think 
and I, I want to follow up with some of the sure. things you mentioned there, but I'm curious, do you think some of that translates over to the event planning side too? Absolutely. Yeah. Especially from the organization side. It's yeah. kind of what yeah. I wondered. Yeah. yeah absolutely. I, I know I imagine organizing like weddings and whatnot, like you're, it's a similar thing, helping people like make the best of these, these important events and things. Absolutely. And it's a lot of logistics, you know, a lot of details, especially in a wedding. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I love my corporate clients and, and I would do them all day long and I, and I love my brides and I just happen to be very good at event planning weddings and, yeah. and all events but weddings I'm just very detail oriented in all my planning so brides love that you know they love the fact that they don't have to worry about it that they Absolutely. think of things that um, you know I'm thinking of things that they're not thinking about um, so it just it, it pays off and of course experience you know they've, they've seen the the, the, the magnitude of, of, of events that I've done in weddings especially but definitely I would say it does you know it's all about being organized you know when you're any kind of event, whether it is a corporate event or a private wedding. And, you know, with a wedding, you have a lot more responsibility because it's, it's their one and only day to get it right. It's not like you can redo this next week. It's not (laughs) like maybe a corporate open house that you can do an anniversary party next Mm week, um, or the year next year you have one day to get it right. You have one chance to make it right. And so I take that very seriously. So it's all about the details. Um, with any event, there's a timeline, you know, so it's not like you can say, Oh, when I get to it, I'll get to it. If you start at five o'clock, you've got to be ready. You know, you've got to, every detail has to be in order. Typical event. You've got, you know, 10 to 12 vendors sometimes from photographers, videographers, officiants, catering bar. I mean, there's just multitude of, uh, of, of, of people involved in pulling it all together. And you really need someone who's kind of controlling all the timeline aspects of that. Just an access for everything to spin around. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. You mentioned that about the leadership as a kid, because that is something I'd wanted to ask was whether you, you find yourself falling into leadership roles or whether this is something that you do specifically seek out because I, the roles I listed there is just some of the ones you're involved with right now. And that doesn't even count things you've been involved with in the past. Like I know you are involved with a lot of organizations. Yeah. I'm, I'm currently also on the main street board for downtown mm-hmm. Deland and chair the education committee for the chamber, which we, you know, recognize schools and stuff, a lot of other ones, you yeah. know, work with leadership, West Volusia kind of to keep that program afloat on the advisory board with the, but with that said, I don't, I don't seek them. I think they fall into my lap somehow. <laughs> I don't, don't know why uh, the powers that be in this world mm-hmm. um, have just kind of put those in place. I think one thing that has me um, very committed right now, and I'm one of those people, if I commit, I just commit 100%. So yeah. I don't have children. So I think that helps because mm-hmm. if I, I mean, I have three little puppies that are, you know, like children to me, but needless to say, um, if I had, um, more family constraints, I don't think I'd be able to commit as much. But when I commit, I commit like I can't not do it 100%. And that's Mm -hmm. just something that I think my my mother instilled in me, my grandparents, um, both very, very big workers. My grandparents um, just were extremely big examples in all of our lives. Um, They, you know, my my great grandparents were um, Spanish and Italian, and they, they actually opened the first Spanish Italian grocery 
grocery store in Orlando. Wow. Yeah, they're in the City Hall records and everything. It's really kind of oh, cool. That's so cool. Yeah. So that's probably my connection with the Hispanic Chamber. Mm-hmm. Grew up in a very, you know, eat spaghetti at Nanas every Sunday and just a great culture. And I think it made up for um, what we couldn't um, get at home with a single parent. You know, we had that example in our grandparents. Yeah. And my, my grandfather, now that you're making me think harder, you know, he was very community oriented. He opened yeah. the first Italian American club in Orlando. So um, cool. And so he did things that kind of brought community together. And mm-hmm. I think for me, it, it's about bringing the community together. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, we're, we're all one and we will definitely get more accomplished together. What has me extremely committed at this day, day and age is so basically the pandemic hit. Yeah. When the pandemic hit, um, obviously all events were shut down some from a, you know, mandatory situation, but you know, it was very much restricted from events. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know, this is what I do. So my world has kind of shut down. I yeah. was, I was involved, but I said, you know, how can I help? So that's when I just got more engaged in the community, more engaged with other organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the pandemic stops and then you're back to work. And then it's like, Oh dear, I have all these commitments, you yeah. know? So that, that's kind of, um, but I love it. You know, I enjoy it. If I could, I always tell people, you know, I, I, I won't die a wealthy man, but I will die a very rich man because it, <laughs> that's what fills my soul. You know, yeah. that helping, um, to make this world a better place, our community, a better place, getting that message out to our community, trying to unite our community in, in a positive way, because we all have so many differences, but we have so much more in common, yeah. you know? And I think, um, that's just very rewarding to me. I, I know when I was growing up around here, I think I kind of took for granted how much there was going on, especially in DeLand. And I mean, nowadays, the surrounding areas too. But with all the events, the parades, all this stuff that was being thrown by these just really involved volunteer groups. And I wonder, in the 20 plus years you've been around here, have you seen... Have you seen the community get more involved? Kind of, have you seen more people dig their heels in and really get more involved with this kind of stuff? Or Absolutely. Is, yeah. Absolutely. When I first moved here, you know, it was two or three people, you know, organizing these events. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, these other organizations pop up, you know, the crew of Amelie, they were just starting out and yeah. just really. And now I see the volunteer list and it's like so many people engage. So many people want to volunteer. They want to help. Because I honestly think positive atmospheres, positive community, um, breeds civic pride. I mean, that's when you see positive civic pride happening in a place, people want to be a part of that energy. They want to be a part. You know, I I tell people, you know, when I've I've talked to so few people about leadership and, you know, how can a mentoring, I've done a lot of mentoring from our youth, even to some business owners. And I tell them, you know, I said, if you want to be a good leader, you lead by example. So mm-hmm. whatever you comes out of your mouth, make sure that's what you're practicing, you know, because that's what is going to make you a great leader. Yeah. I know uh, you mentioned youth mentorship a little bit. Can you talk just a little bit about what that looks like and why you enjoy doing that? Because I know you're you're the president of the local Boys and Girls Club chapter, but you also mentioned the the education outreach side of the chamber too. Yeah. It, to me, that's really important. So mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer that if we don't invest in our youth today, mm-hmm. whether it's through the Boys and Girls Club, whether it's through educate our education system, our tomorrow's not going to look great, you know, because they are our future. When you look, that is, that's what our tomorrow is. You know, what those, what we instill in them, the standards we instill 
instill in them, the advice that we give them, the guidance that we give them, and more importantly, the tools to be successful, the tools to have opportunity in this world. Um, that's what's going to change our tomorrow. That's what's going to make our world and continue to make it a great place. Um, and that's that's really important to me. So I work with a few different organizations. As I mentioned, um, the Boys and Girls Club, you know, that just has my heart. You know, those kids don't always come from a, a great situation. And um, some of them come from a okay situation and they're latchkey kids. So, you know, they just have two parents struggling to survive. They have a good home. They've got, you know, good examples, but their parents got to work. They have no place to go. Their yeah. parents don't want to see them on the street. So at the Boys and Girls Club, we're able to give teach them skills, teach them basic um just good respect, you know, how to conduct themselves in a workplace, how to conduct themselves in public, mm -hmm. how to respect elders, how to work and get along with everyone, um, as well as um, make sure the homework's getting done, make sure they're getting uh, nourished and in a quality way, um, and also to make sure that they have opportunities to learn something new. You know, we're trying to, currently we're building a new teen center, and um, I have to give a little shout out to the beautiful Althea, but we're building the beautiful Althea. <laughs> Thea Ross Chavers uh, Teen Center. Mm -hmm over in Spring Hill. And I'm just, you know, that was one of the projects on my plate last year. And I just was like, we've got to make this happen. And we did, you know, we've had great community support. Um, and that's going to be a place where, you know, teens can really flourish. You know, yeah. we are in a situation where the teens can either be, you know, walking strip malls, walk in their neighborhoods, or in a place where they're learning music, learning uh, STEM skills, learning um, all kinds of stuff that's going to better opportunities. You know, we're hoping with the new teen center that we can actually have college tours and to do some college prep stuff. We also have an old church there on the property that one of our goals when we started building the teen center is like, we have to maximize this. Yeah. So we're going to re be redoing the performing arts center there. Oh, that's cool. And we're going to be able to work with our local colleges, you know, from Stetson to Daytona state, Emory Riddle to Bethune Cookman, all mm -hmm. these great resources to come in and teach our students instruments, um, to teach our students, uh, course lessons, theater, you know, there's just some, some some great partnerships on the works, but it's just going to create a great culture for those children. It's going to expose them to things that maybe they wouldn't have been exposed to. So it's, it's really important. And um, we're, we're fortunate to be, to live in such a great community who's so supportive of that. And I also work with a group called Sisters Build. You might know Dr. Primrose Cameron um, and Man Up Mentoring. Another one that she kind of reeled me in and says, hey, we need examples <laughs> like you and we need you. So they worked with a uh, grant from Volusia Flagler, this is just an example of mentoring mm -hmm. with a career source. Um, and they were able to have students come in and work with local businesses. I think she had her kids all over town from small shops downtown to event planning companies like yeah. mine. And I took on a couple, um, I took a, a, a family of three. It was a two twins and her their brother and it was just amazing and to see these kids to be able to have the experiences that they might not otherwise have and to yeah. learn some soft skills that they're going to need later because the younger generation they don't teach that in school you know they don't teach customer service skills they don't it's just not part of the curriculum yeah. um hopefully we can get that changed but they're learning so many soft skills and they're getting an opportunity to you know we we do events at, you know, mansions and some great venues and some cool. So they're just eyes are so big yeah. and it's just exposing them to, to some great opportunities in the world. So no, it's, it's great to, to have that opportunity as a kid to kind of get out of the, the couple of areas in town that you're used to being in. Because I, 
I don't know, I, I, in my experience, when I moved back to DeLand after I graduated from college, falling in with the beacon and working with the newspaper, I found myself in so many areas of town that I didn't even know existed. And it's, it's neat for kids to get that opportunity to kind of learn more about their communities when they're growing up. And hopefully that keeps some of them here too with those skills they've learned. Absolutely. And that's a big part. You know, I was just talking to Dr. Carmen Balgobin, the new mm. uh, superintendent. Yeah. And you know, that's what we're talking about right now is, is we have a workforce that we've got to start with these kids in middle school. Yeah. We've got to start with these kids in high school and get them engaged in our community and get them engaged in our local businesses because we want them when they're done with college to come home and yeah. that we we need good work talent right here in our own community. So mm-hmm. it's it's funny you mentioned that because yeah. it's important. It's critical. It is. Yeah, it absolutely is. And I think that's a big part of our civic pride. You know, if if our, if we were I'll use Orlando or Jacksonville mm-hmm. or even Tampa. Tampa's becoming like this yeah. big hot spot now. Absolutely. But everyone moving to Tampa is coming from Texas and they're not coming from their local communities where they were born and raised. They're yeah. coming from school and going to get a job in Tampa. So you're just not, uh, it's a different level of pride for your community when you have um, people coming from a different area to when they were born and raised in that area and now they're living in that community and now they're making a wage in that community and they're supporting themselves in that community. That's a whole, that's an amazing thing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I wonder, I wanted to ask you some things just about community advocacy, making your community better, these kinds of things that you're so involved with. And I know this is something that you shouted out you wanted to talk about. It might seem kind of obvious or kind of trite, and you, ta- you touched on this a bit already, but why do you think it is important to kind of step outside of yourself and make a point of helping other people? I think it because it gives you a different perspective of the world you live in. Mm -hmm. So I think not only is it, you know, for me, I I explained earlier, you know, for me, it's just, there's a, an amazing reward internally for me. You know, I just, it fills my soul. It just, I'm, I'm the happiest when I'm, when I'm volunteering or helping somebody and I just enjoy it. You know, that may not be for everybody, but for someone who doesn't do it all the time, it gives you an opportunity to educate yourself in a different way. It gives you an an exposure to um, kindness, you know, which sometimes we think, Oh, what's kindness? I'm kind. I'm nice to people. I say hello, you know, but it's a different kind of kindness. You know, it gives you an exposure to what's happening on in real time in your community. You know, if you're volunteering, whether it's at a festival, um, whether it is serving at the homeless shelter or Mm -hmm. serving at the neighborhood center, it gives you an opportunity to be connected and educate yourself on what what real time looks like for your community. And I think there's big rewards in that. I think for everyone, there's going to be a positive and negative to take out of it. Even if the situation is as negative as it can be, you're going to walk away with a sense of pride that you stepped outside your box, went in there and said, what can I do to help? And you're going to feel better about it. So I I encourage everyone, like I said in the beginning, you know, get get out of your shell, go volunteer, because it sometimes opens your eyes in a different way. And it definitely opens your heart up, you know, and even the 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 people that might just be a little bit more stern and just not really uh, uh, open to to uh, talking to people and more, maybe more introverted. It even helps them get out of their shell. You know, it really just helps them experience um, the importance of, of what it's all about. No, that's a that's a good point. It's very easy to kind of fall into these insular groups. And there's nothing wrong with being a part of like a small community. I mean, it's it's great to have your little pocket of people, but it is good to step out sometimes, especially when I mean, 
I know you mentioned the homeless shelter, like in, in Deland specifically, but all the way across Fallujah and Florida too, like there is a growing population of people who are unhoused, who are living on the street. And sometimes the way I hear people talk about these people who are in most cases going through serious financial issues, going through addiction issues and things like that. And the way they talk about them is if they're they're not even people. It, it makes you wonder, like, have you ever volunteered at the soup kitchen, you know? Or have, have you ever taken a step outside of yourself, gone and volunteered at the neighborhood center to kind of like talk to people and just see what they're going through? Yeah, that's a great point, Noah, because they're not just with addiction and homelessness. There's so many stigmatisms mm-hmm. to all to anybody who's having a problem. You know, it's, it's you're categorized as, you yeah. know, oh, you're just an addict or that. And it's just by doing the volunteer work, by getting out there and, mm-hmm. and seeing firsthand, all of a sudden the way you categorize something is going to be polar opposite than what you plan on categorizing it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not going to be there's not going to be that stigmatism anymore. You're going to change a lot of that because you're going to see firsthand. It's not. This is a a, a family, for example. You have a family just working hard. Both parents working two jobs, and they just got backed up. They got laid off with the pandemic. They got partial unemployment. They got, you know, they kept getting extensions on their electric, on their water bills, on whatever they could. And it just caught up to them. You know, they didn't plan for this to happen in life. It wasn't something they were seeking out to be. They had good work ethics. They were out there working every day. Um, and it just happened. So I think, but I think people assume the worst, you know, they assume the worst. They just assume, Oh, well they must have addiction problems or they're lazy. They don't want to get a job, you know, something like that. And I just, I think by getting out there and volunteering and putting yourself in that experience, um, you get to see firsthand. It's an education. You know, it's, it's more than just, and sometimes the education can be negative, but 99% of the time you're going to get positive out of that education. You're going to get a positive, um, overview when it's all said and done. You mentioned, you mentioned civic pride and I'm curious how you feel that you're working to kind of create this sense of community and this pride in the community when you're involved with these groups. Um, it's to me, it's, it's paramount mm-hmm. It's it, for any community. If you want to have a vital community, a vital, a community that's full of vitality and, mm-hmm. and even economic growth and you need the civic pride. And I think West Volusia has tremendous civic pride. I yeah. mean, I, I even br- growing up in winter park when it was much smaller than, um, there was a civic pride, but nothing. I mean, and, and, and I talk to people from out of our area all the time mm-hmm. and they're like, you know, I have never seen civic pride like I do in Deland. You know, this just rare. It's a rarity across the United States, yeah. but I believe again, back to setting the example, you know, I think if you're leading with example, if you're engaging people in the community, they're building that pride. So if you volunteer, if you can build your volunteer base for any nonprofit organization, mm-hmm. for any um, community organization that's out there throwing events, um, that's doing things in the community, get as many volunteers that are outside of the realm of your event, um, even if they're not, you know, part of a Main Street or they're not part of a chamber or they're mm-hmm. not part of a, a civic organization. Get volunteers outside that box and get them in. And that's what's going to build civic pride. You know, I I had the opportunity to work with Deltona Mm -hmm. with an events contract, helping them with their big center over there um, the last couple of years. And and I I 
terminated my contract with them, I think in June of last year, um, but great experience. And I tell you the biggest experience I had with Deltona is, you know, Deland can be very Deland centric and I don't mean that in a negative very way, much so, though, yeah. but you know that, oh, and yeah. um, it's not a bad thing. It's yeah. a lot of civic pride. So I can see why that happens. But in Deltona, all of a sudden I got to, you know, see community gardens and I got to see the local veterans association and, and different groups within Deltona and thought, why are they getting such a bad rap? Like yeah. they, they may not have a downtown to always display all this, but there's a tremendous amount of community and pride there. It just has to be amplified. And yeah. I think um, it was kind of eye opening. But again, it's about stepping outside, you know, your box and, and getting to know. But what a beautiful community once you once you are out there, you know, and I think people new to our area. The last thing we want, we have a lot of development happening, mm-hmm. um, a lot of new homes, not a new subdivision, some. Um, a lot going on with that. So the last thing we want is to have people come from another area and not have as much civic pride as we do. So how do we get them? Get them to volunteer, get them engaged in our community. And I think that's going to fix half that. That's what I was, what I'm wondering is, I imagine this is kind of twofold. It's for people who want to get involved in the community, for people who, who hear about all the cool stuff that these groups, that the Boys and Girls Club, that Man Up Mentoring, that all these groups are doing, but they don't hear about it until after the fact. How how does somebody go about getting involved with different organizations? That That's a great question. So most organizations like Main Street DeLand, mm-hmm. the Chamber of Commerce, um, Boys and Girls Club, even we do at some of our big events, there are volunteer opportunities. Mm-hmm. So for instance, if you have a passion about youth, um, go contact your local Boys and Girls Club, Volusia Flagler Boys and Girls Club, <laughs> um, contact them, say, listen, I really want to help our youth in our community. We will set you up with a visit at one of our clubs. You can help with mentoring. You can help with homework. You can help teach our kids to read. We have one child at our Spring Hill Club that we have a wonderful man in the community. And if I mention his name, he's going to kill me because he hates getting any kind of recognition, (laughs) but he's a saint in our community. But he's gone in that club and he um, not only gives his time, but his money. And he has gone and taught children how to read and worked with them to a point where they're ready to make a speech at our last meeting, we had him actually make the speech. And I was like, so impressed, How you cool know, so yeah. it's those little things that are so impactful and just contact your local organizations, mm-hmm. go to their websites. A lot of times there's vol- volunteer opportunities. Main street Deland does a wonderful job of their volunteer portal. Mm-hmm. They, you can just go right in, see what the event is. They have all the different shifts you can pick. You can pick your time and so forth, but just reach out, you know, go call your local chamber, call the main street Deland, call your boys and girls club. I think you could even call like Junior Service League, the Crew of yeah, sure. They have all kinds of opportunities to volunteer and, and help, when, especially when there's big events like a dog parade or, yeah. you know, something, a, a me strong race, you know, stuff like that. And then on the flip side, what about people who aren't as connected in the community? Maybe people who are new to the area, aren't as plugged in with Main Street, with the Chamber, but they they need volunteer help for something they're organizing. Like when, when you were getting started out, how were you going about finding people to assist and volunteer and these kinds of things? So when you, let me, let me, let me clarify that question. Mm-hmm. So are you saying people who are needing volunteers to yeah. help the organization? Yeah. Again, I would say th- use connections throughout the community. Mm-hmm. Um, again, main street, the chambers, uh, 
they have opportunity, social media, you know, you put an all call out for volunteers and you're going to find the help. Mm -hmm. Also local churches, you know, a lot of your local churches want to, um, they encourage their uh, members of the church and parishioners to go out and help the community. So that's a great place to start. There Mm -hmm. was a volunteer, it was an organization started just starting up and and I'll, they haven't launched yet. So I'll let them uh, launch their own name and and all (laughs) that. But when they, they're like, how can we get some help? So I'm glad you brought that up. Um, How do we get help? And so I referred them, I I referred them a couple names that could help them just volunteer instantly because it was something that was, you know, special to the individual's mission and what, Mm -hmm. what, what's important to them. Them. But I say call the local churches, you know, yeah. call, call your local churches, call St. Peter's, call Stetson Baptist, call, you know, Trinity United, First United, all of them, Methodist, you know, they're all there ready to help. I don't want to miss First Baptist. I don't want to miss any of the churches. <laughs> there, are, there are too many churches. We have in a lot of churches, yeah. but they're all willing to help, you yeah. know, and I've had the opportunity of working with many of them and they're all just really out to do good, good servant leadership work. So it's, um, I would say that's a great place to start. Is there anything else when it comes to these conversations about civic pride, about getting yourself involved in these kinds of things that you particularly think people ought to know? Um, I think I think when when I think of civic pride, I think one, it's about how how your community as a whole. And so I think one area that we have lacked for some time, and this is just not negative, but it's something that I'm working with a couple. Yeah, just working with a couple initiatives is again sometimes um, there are pockets of West Volusia that can be very centric to their areas, mm-hmm. um, and I think especially in Deland, for instance not negative we're blessed to live in such a great town but to unite some of our other areas to unite all cultures that we have um sometimes there's a big divide with a spring hill event and a downtown event and i think the world has just changed so much that it's not where we need those dividing lines anymore and and seeing those unite together and our communities come together and the diversity um you know, Main Street to Land just did a, a great diversity and inclusion program uh, last year. It was fantastic. Waylon and Savannah and mm-hmm. Stetson was involved and um, a lot of people engaged it. And it, it would be nice to see that come to to reality yeah. and to see that crossover. You know, we had a discussion this morning at the Main Street meeting about the the Thin Man Jazz, Jazz Watts, Thin Man Watts Jazz Festival. Um, if I got it right, Jeff will kill me if I didn't. But needless <laughs> to say, um, and we talked about, you know, how do we how do we get that more engaged from all communities in our area? Because mm-hmm. that's a great great event. We do it with the African American Museum. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great partnership, but we still feel like there's a divide, you know, yeah. and how do we bring that all together as one and let everyone feel comfortable? And that's what, you know, my blessing has been it, it been with being able to work with the Boys and Girls Club and Sisters Build and Man Up Mentoring, because that's the opportunities that we're opening up the doors for, yeah. you know, um, if you know Primrose, she's, she's mm-hmm. not, she's not a bit afraid to say, Hey, yeah. we're going to come sit in the front row at the Athens theater. Can you, can we come to this movie and, and engage? And I just love that, you know, and I think even when she seeked out jobs for, you know, th- that program that we did with, uh, uh, Volusia Flagler career source, um, Robin King, another great advocate of, of, of stuff like that and bringing the community together. Um, you know, she didn't go and say, okay, let's take everybody to Walmart. Let's go 15 a, let's see what jobs are here in spring Hill. You know, she's like, let's go right downtown. Let's yeah. talk to these merchants. Let's get, you know, let's get that crossover done. So we've also, you know, worked on, 
you know, I was working with her years ago on the Juneteenth, mm-hmm. getting that going. I remember we, you know, we started with a march from Chisholm Center to the, the center of Spring Hill, which is now the Joyce uh, Cusack Community Center. Yeah right there and it's just evolved into this great festival at Earl Brown Park but yeah. every year I'm it's like so why nice. are there not yeah. 10,000 people here because I know. This it's is always a, such a good time it's a great time you know and it was so organically um, it just organically happened it just got better and better and better and I look forward to it growing to even to a, a bigger state and and I serve on that with with Primrose and and Waylon and we and uh, uh, Abby there's like four of us um, and we just we get it done and it's a yeah. great event and we just just more of that you know so i think that is to me that's what's going to help keep civic pride in our community of west volusia sustainable for many many years to come that that's a good point though i mean not just the 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 kind of arbitrary lines within the cities but also outside of them too i was talking to somebody from one of the chambers of commerce recently and i was saying like when i'm driving on 1792 going south i don't know when i'm in orange city you know like you don't unless you are paying attention to your signs you don't know where those divisions are it's just kind of like one big west Fallujah, and that's something i've always really liked about this area is even even when they are not the most connected these these disparate cities do feel very connected because there is a lot of movement between them there is and if you if you look at west Fallujah, like i mean Deltona. I've never realized they had so many amazing park system. Their park yeah. system is, you know, one of the best rated. I mean, yeah. it should be if it's not. I mean, it's and I don't think a lot of people know that incredible park system. Then you look at DeBerry and all the natural resources and the Absolutely. beauty of DeBerry. Yeah. And it's like, wow. And then you're in Orange City and you look at, OK, yes, where everybody goes to shop. If you don't want to, you know, go all the way to mm-hmm. Orlando and you want to, you know, but you need some of that department store value. Um, but it's also Look at Blue Springs. I mean, yeah. just so every Deleon Springs. I mean, you just all our communities in West Volusia have something to offer that yeah. really, um, if we work together, what a, what an amazing civic pride we'll all have, you know, yeah. and it won't be so segregated by, oh, you're from Orange City or, oh, you're from Deltona. <laughs> oh, you're from Deland. You know, I just hate hearing that because I think, um, like you said, we have a great we have a great product in West Volusia mm-hmm. and we have a lot of civic pride already. There's, oh, yeah. I'm not criticizing. Like we're very, <laughs> we're very fortunate. You yeah. Know, we have a lot of pride across our communities, um, but so much more. Bringing it back to, to you and to the community involvement and the volunteering, I wonder, are there any moments from your career as a community servant that really stick out to you as like particular moments that are like, wow, I'm so glad I do this? Um, I think, you know, there's a couple. <laughs> so, you know, I, again, like I said earlier, you know, I may not die a wealthy man, but I'll die a rich man. <laughs> so helping others, you know, a lot of organizations come to me, Hey, can we get your help with this? Can we get your help with this? And of course I'm, I'm, if I can do it, I'm, I've got open arms to help and so forth. But some of the biggest key takeaways for me is probably when it comes to development of the youth, you know, being able to, um, you know, I had these this parent who was going through a difficult time. I was on the education committee and her child was going to middle school and they just needed role models. They needed an example. They needed help. Yeah. You know, there was just not just soft skills, but just communication skills in general were horrible. And the parent, her husband had worked for me, the mother's parent, the husband worked for me already. And she goes, is there any way that my child could just come shadow you? And, um, and this was God. 15 years ago, Mm -hmm. I mean, maybe 
10 chamber directors ago. I mean, it's, it's been a hot minute, but needless to say, um, I think when I saw what that, what that child came and worked with me, shadowed me for a day, um, then said, can I come back next week? Came back next week, worked an event. And all of a sudden, like after these three times of shadowing and, and working and being patient to, um, teach him and why things are happening the way they are. Cause you know, event, event work is very fast paced. So mm-hmm. there's not always time to explain. It's just like, just put that there and let's go. Um, one, it taught me how to be patient yeah. and it taught me the gift of the impact I saw that that had on that child who went on to be an honor student in, in high school. Um, I think he's an engineer now. Um, wow. yeah, like incredible, you know, and this, this kid was like, just probably going to play video games the rest of his life, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but just that experience with him and, and what really hit home with me is I think his senior year in high school, he had to write a report and in that report he had to show gratitude for someone. And I was the person he mentioned. And I spent literally maybe four or five days with this kid, but what an eye opening experience for me. Um, and it just, from there, I'm like, how can I help more? (laughs) Like, this is great. You know, this is to see your, to see the impact and to see, um, the work, um, that you've done actually pay off. That, that was the payoff for me. Yeah. How cool is that too? Yeah, that, it was yeah, great. You said it was just a few days, but it clearly left such an impact on both of you yeah. in different ways. Like, yeah, I think it may have been four or five days max. I mean, that was wow. it. And it was like two hours at a time because I think he was 15 at the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we had other staff there. It was yeah. just, you know, I couldn't have him there the whole of it, but he just wanted that experience. And um, the last experience he had, he actually did a uh, consult with a client. So I says, hey, if you want to come along, we're setting up for the event, but we have to meet with the client. I said, do you want to sit down in a business meeting and see how I'm dealing with clients on discussing details. How many tables do you want? You know, what, what is your vision for this project? Um, and during that process, he asked two questions. He goes, well, Joe, what about this? Should should we? And I was like, this kid's been paying attention this whole time, you (laughs) know, and, but you don't see it when they're, cause you know, the first day he's not talking at all. The Mm -hmm. second day he's talking a little bit more. Um, so it was real, that was probably like, okay, we can help a lot of kids if we can get the message out. That's so neat. Yeah. Well, look, is there anything else that you want to talk about here that we haven't really? Not really. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of West Volusia. I'm mm-hmm. a big, a big fan of uh, bringing our communities together. So I really appreciate the time um, spending with you today. I, I find your podcast very interesting, <laughs> and um, you're just a great interviewer. Thank so you. I'm honored to be here, and I thank you for the time. Yeah, we're, our our whole goal is to try and. Uh, let people know how many interesting people there are in their community. And if we can also get them to, you know, volunteer here and there, then we've done our job. So. Volunteer, check your <laughs> local organizations. And I think you have, and I think by doing this, you're creating civic pride by sharing with others in the community, um, examples, sh- mm-hmm. showing interesting people. Yeah. I think that creates a sense of pride. So thank you for doing that. Cool. Thank you. All righty. Thanks again to this week's sponsor, Happy Brain Neurofeedback at 114 West New York Avenue in downtown DeLand. Brain training with neurofeedback can help manage stress, sharpen focus, improve sleep, and much more. Neurofeedback can help improve general wellness and is used by athletes, business people, students, and anyone who wants an edge. Learn more by visiting www.happybraintoday.com or by calling 386-479-6634. Happy Brain Neurofeedback. Be the best you can be. Thanks for listening, and thanks to Jeff Shepard for our Now You Know Music. Find more podcasts and all the local news you need at www.beacononlinenews.com. The Beacon, here for you.